Well, hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to Home Depot. <laughs> if you're new with us, my name's Trent. I work in the lumber department, and uh, I'd be glad to help you any way that I can. So if you're new and wondering what's up with all the orange, so beyond it being one of my favorite colors, uh, it actually represents a new series that we are starting today. And it's a series that captures the big vision that God has given us for the next several years. We're going to take some of the biggest steps that we've ever taken to serve our community together over the next several years. And today we're going to start talking about that. So if you're new, you came on a great Sunday for that. Um, so there's another special thing that's happening today, and that is that we are relaunching our three services. There's one person that's excited over here. Nobody else is excited. That is an exciting thing. So we're going back to our three services. Before COVID happened, three and a half years ago, we were at three services. And over the past year, we've had more people coming in two services than we had in three services. So we've got a great problem. Two people are excited over there. So that is worth celebrating. So it's a great problem to have. We've got a lot of people who are coming, a lot of people who want to come, and we have needed to create space for that. And so that's what we're doing. And uh, just like I have told the first service, if you haven't found a place to serve yet, I invite you to do that. We've got a lot of opportunities for you to get active in serving. You can find out more about that at our Connection Center. And also, like I told our first service, if the first service isn't all that great, come back to the second service. And some of you here might be here from the first service because it wasn't all that great. And I'll tell you, if the second service isn't all that great, come back for the third service. By then, I've had two times to practice and hopefully it'll be okay. If it's not good then, just watch online. I, I think I'm maybe better online, I'm not sure. But again, glad to be in this spot where we're launching three services again. So let's pray together and then we'll get started. God, thanks for today. Lord, today represents a whole lot of things for us as a church. It represents the big vision that you've given us and the opportunity that we have to join you in that vision. And Lord, it represents us going to three services because we've got a lot more people coming who want to come. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us serve those people well. I pray that you would help us to reach thousands of people in our community for you. I pray that you would guide us today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, we're going to start today with a question. And my first question is this. How many of you would say that you have a big or a vivid imagination? How many of you? Hold, hold your hand up real high for just a second. Look around. Okay, so there's a decent representation of that. But if you would imagine, if I were teaching in our children's ministry, so in our first through fifth grade ministry, imagine how many hands would go up if I asked that question. Like all the hands would go up. Why? Because when we're younger, we start life with big imaginations and big dreams. And when we're young, we play big. And our imaginations are kicking into gear and we play these wild, crazy things, these wild games that we make up. We dream about being big things. When we grow up, we're gonna be superheroes or we're gonna be astronauts. We're gonna be explorers. We're gonna do all kinds of wild things when we grow up. And if you wonder, like, what did little Trent want to be when he grew up? This is what I wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> Anybody remember these two guys? Like, 
Lone Ranger and Tonto. Yeah, like when I was little, like the Lone Ranger was my like superhero. Like he could do anything. Like he was amazing. And then I started growing up and I realized that horses and I don't quite get along. I don't know why horses don't love me. I'm such a nice person. Um, but that's a whole other service. So I had to settle for being a pastor and not the Lone Ranger. So again, when we're younger, we have these big imaginations. And I am reminded of that every time I spend time with my grandsons. So I have two grandsons. Uh, Maverick, he's almost five. Rudy, he's two. And I just found out that we have another grandbaby on the way. So super excited about that. We don't know if this is a little granddaughter or a little grandson. We're not sure, but excited to invite this new one into our family. But when my wife and I spend time with our grandsons, our grandsons, like they're active and they've got big imaginations and they want to play all kinds of things. They want to play race cars and Star Wars and rocket ships and everything that's active. And after about an hour, I say, okay, boys, let's, let's imagine that we're taking a nice long nap together. Like, like, let's just see what that would be like. And they're like, Poppy, no, we don't play like that. Like, that's not how it works. And so I'm hoping that one day, like they'll buy into my imagination and taking a nap, but they're not there yet. But when we're young, we have big imaginations and big dreams. And then something happens. We start growing older. The older we get, uh, we, we start careers. Maybe we start a family. Uh, maybe we, we get active in, in our, our typical lives and we kind of settle down a little bit and we put our imaginations to rest. Some of us even go a step further and we become imagination killers. We become dream killers. We kill our dreams, we kill other people's dreams. And sadly, I'm an example of that. So my wife and I have four kids. They're all grown. So we have uh, four adult children. But when our kids were younger, when they were in the big imagination stage, uh, I sadly would hear them dreaming big. And they would say, Dad, well, what about this? And what if we did that? And I want to do this when I'm older. And so then my logical, realistic brain would kick into gear. I'd say, okay, if that's what you want to do, then you have to get this kind of education and this kind of experience. You have to think about this. You have to think about that. And after about an hour of me talking, they would go like, oh, Dad, thanks for crushing my dreams. And I'm pretty sure my kids need therapy because of that from me. So I'm sad that, that I, I did that for them. And I just want to you know, offer my services so that if you have a dream that you need crushed, let me know. Like, apparently, I'm really good at that. Uh, but sadly, I've crushed too many of dreams of people around me that I love. And I've even crushed some of my own dreams. So this new series that we're starting today is called Imagine. And using our imaginations is going to be super important throughout this series. And this series is probably one of the most important series that we've ever done in the life of our church. It's a big series because God has given us a big vision over the next few years. And we're going to talk about that over the next few weeks together. And this is such a big series. I have a big request for everyone. My request is that you come back each week for this series. You know, sometimes in our series, you can show up for, for one message out of a series and it stands all by itself. And uh, you don't need to hear, you know, exactly all the other content to, to make it make sense. But for this series, if you miss one of the messages, then there's going to be a piece of the vision that you don't have. And it, some of it won't make sense to you. And so I ask if you can't be here on campus on Sunday, then watch online. 
And we've got a lot of opportunities for you to, to stay connected with, with what we're doing in this series. And I just ask that you would commit to doing that with us. Now, our Imagine series is based on a verse in Ephesians that we started as a church with, and we turned it into a prayer. It's kind of our theme verse, and it's found in Ephesians 3.20. We have prayed this prayer, this verse, over and over and over again for the past 14 plus years. And we've seen God answer this prayer, this verse, over and over and over again. And so we're going to unpack this today and how it applies to us. So here we go. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we can ask or think. And some versions of the Bible use the word imagine. So we're going to unpack this together. And we're going to start with the first part. We'll, we'll take it section by section. The first part says, Now all glory to God. So that word glory there has several different definitions. It can be used in different contexts. So it can mean God's presence. It can mean God's majesty. It can mean God's splendor. It basically means everything that makes God, God. But it can also mean praise. So that's what it means in this context. So all praise to God, and we'll get into the next part. So all praise to God who is able. Now, let me ask this question. How many of you like think that God is able to do anything at any time? How many of you, you think that? Okay. Um, God is able to do anything. You know, the Bible teaches that God created everything out of nothing. Like, try that on your own. Like, see how that happens for you. Like, God created everything out of nothing. The Bible says that God holds the universe in his hands. Like, wow, like the universe is so big. Like we can't even grasp it. We can't even see from one end to another and God holds it in his hands. The Bible says that God sets up kingdoms and he tears down kingdoms. He can raise the dead. He can feed thousands of people with five loaves of bread and two fish. So God can do anything. But honestly, when I answer that question, do I believe that God can do anything? Like I, I believe he can, but there are sometimes my life doesn't show it. Or sometimes like I act like God can't do things. Sometimes I put God in a little box and say, God, this is probably what you can do in my life. I'm pretty good at limiting what God can do. And I think a lot of us struggle with that. You know, sometimes we say things like this. Well, God might be able to create everything from nothing, but he can't create a new thing in me or a new thing in that person who hurt me deeply. Sometimes we say, God might be able to free Israel from slavery in the Old Testament, but he can't free me from my past. My past keeps chasing me down. I just can't get away from it. Sometimes we say things like, you know, God might be able to save the world from sin, but he can't save my marriage. So sometimes we limit God. We put him in a box because we just don't believe that God is able. But, but get this. Our spiritual growth requires we believe that God is able. If you want to grow spiritually, a, a part of the requirement that helps us grow spiritually is believing God is able. God is able to work in any situation at any time for anything. God can work in your broken marriage. God can work in your broken family. God can work in your broken health, your broken finances. God can work in any way in your life that he wants to at any time. But do you believe that? I mean, like really believe that. Not just believe it here, but do you believe it here? Does your life prove 
that you believe that God is able. I want to remind you today that God is able. He's able to work in our world, and he's able to work in your life. So next section. So all glory to God, uh, who is able through his mighty power. Now, most people who believe that God exists believe that God is a powerful God. But sometimes we forget how powerful he is. And if you forget how powerful God is, don't worry. There are some pretty big names in the Bible that you might know that have forgotten how powerful God is. Abraham forgot how powerful God is. And you know, some of the conflict we have in the world today is because Abraham forgot how powerful God is and that God could work in the promise that he gave Abraham. And then along comes Moses. And Moses at times forgot how powerful God is. Numbers chapter 11 records one of those times after Moses had freed the nation of Israel from 400 years of slavery to the Egyptians. God used Moses to do that. And and as God was taking them to the promised land, the Israelites started complaining about the food that they had in slavery. So get the context of that. 400 years of horrible slavery, and they're complaining about the menu. So they're frustrated. Like, think about all the wonderful things that we ate back in Egypt. And so God promised to give them meat to eat. Then Moses asked God in Numbers eleven twenty one. 21, he said, God, there are 600,000 foot soldiers here with me, and yet you say I will give them meat for a whole month. And even if we butchered all of our flocks and herds, would that satisfy them? Even if we caught all the fish in the sea, would that be enough? And God said back to Moses in verse 23, Moses, has my arm lost its power? Like, Moses, really? Like, I just did this supernatural thing to free the Israelites from this slavery. Have you forgotten what I can do? He says, now you will see whether or not my word comes true. And verse 31 says, now the Lord sent a wind that brought quail from the sea and let them fall all around the camp. For miles in every direction, there were quail flying about three feet above the ground. So the people went out and caught quail all day and throughout the night and all the next day too, no one gathered less than 50 bushels. Uh, If you're a little rusty on, on what a bushel means, it's about 50 to 60 pounds. So no person got less than 2,500 pounds of quail. So imagine putting that into your freezer. Like that's a lot of meat right there. That's a whole lot of meat. So they spread the quail all around the camp to dry. The funny part of this is to me that because the people of Israel did not trust God to provide, God said to them in verse 18, okay, I'm gonna give you meat. You're complaining about not having the food back in Egypt. Like I'm gonna give you meat and you will eat it and it won't be for just a day or two or five or 10 or even 20. You will eat it for a whole month until you gag on it and you are sick of it. And now why? That's funny, but why? Because you have rejected the Lord who is here among you and you have whined to him saying, like, why did we ever leave Egypt? So a bunch of big babies right there are the Israelites in that moment. And so I think it's funny as I read that. And then the Holy Spirit taps me on the shoulder and says, you're a whole lot like them. (laughs) Like, yeah, I'm a big baby sometimes because I whine and complain about things that God has done in the past and asking, when are you going to do that again, God? Or I I complain when I'm tempted to think that God won't provide for me in my situation, whatever is going on in my world. 
And so he says, yeah, yeah, you're, you're a big baby, Trent. Uh, you need to remember how powerful God is. And it, it comes from his mighty power. The reason he can do anything is because of his mighty power. So don't forget how powerful God is. So this next part of this verse is exciting to me and a little frightening. So all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within who? Us. Okay, so look around. Take a second and look around at people around you. All right? All right. You see everybody? All right. This is God's plan. God's plan is to use us to radically transform the world. All right, that's exciting because God doesn't need to use us, but he chooses to use us. You know what else? That's scary because I look at myself and I think like, I'm not qualified to be used by God. You might look at somebody else and say, neither are they. Like God, that's your plan is to use them to do something radical in this world. So none of us feel qualified to be used by God. And when we feel that way, let me, let me remind you of the type of people that God has used throughout history. He's used liars, murderers, adulterers, prostitutes, traitors, prisoners, doubters, hypocrites, cowards, and more. So if you don't feel qualified, guess what? You're in good company. None of us are qualified to be used by God, and yet he chooses to use us anyway. That blows my mind. Why would God do that? Not fully sure, but it is part of his plan to work his power in us and through us to accomplish the mission that he's given all of us. So it's crazy that God constantly invites us to join him in his work, but the big question is, will we join him? Or will we find every excuse under the sun for why we can't join him or why we shouldn't join him? In my life, I have told God for years why he couldn't use me. I'm going to go back 20 years ago. So 20 years ago, my pastor challenged me to start Epic. And for six years, I said, no, thanks. I'm a whole lot like Moses. If you know Moses' story, God came to Moses and said, Moses, I want you to go free the nation of Israel from, from slavery. And Moses said, like, no, thanks. So that was my response. And so I said back to God, listen, God, I'm not a public communicator. God, I have no idea to start how to start a church. I don't know how to do that. I don't want to do that. Like, no, thank you. At the time, my wife was battling a chronic illness that, that she has battled with for 16 years. And in those early days, we had no idea what she was dealing with. It took two and a half years for us to find a diagnosis. And before we found a diagnosis, God kept leading us to start Epic. And I'm going like, God, are you sure? Like, this is your plan. I don't want to. I don't know how to. My wife has got this horrible uh, illness that she's battling. We have no idea what it is. And you want us to launch a church? That's crazy. And so what God did, he said, listen, I want you to do that. And I'm going to surround you with some people who can help you. So we had a sponsor church that launched us out. And there was a group of people that gathered around us and said, I'll help. Like, I'll jump in. And we had people join the, the setup team, the teardown team, the tech team, the production team, working with our kids ministry, uh, our connections team. We had people doing all kinds of things. They joined. And I think the reason they joined was because they looked at me and said, God, he's clueless. He needs help. So I'll jump in and help. And I want to just pause for a minute and, and just kind of look at what God has done over the past 
14 years in just one area. That's really cool. I haven't even told you what God's done, and you're clapping already, so that's awesome. So over the past 14 years, we've seen at least 966 people put their faith and trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Now you can clap. Like, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And when I think about, like, me in the middle of that, I'm like, God, that's not possible. When I step back and watch God at work in me and through me and the people around us, like, I think, wow, God can do anything. And that group has grown and grown and grown, and God continues to use more and more people. You know, as we started, we had about 25 adults that helped us get started. You know, right now, we have almost 300 volunteers. Almost 300 volunteers that help us pull off everything that happens on a given week at Epic. And that is phenomenal. We would not be here without those 300 people. We would not be here without those 25 people who said, I'm in. So I just want to tell you, if God can use me, God can use you. And he wants to use you to do big things in our world. Now, this next part is my favorite part of this verse. So all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we can ask, think, or imagine. So this is the part I love, the infinitely more part. So get this, God doesn't want to just do a little more in your life. Sometimes we have this scarcity theology that we think, oh, God just wants to do just a little more for me. No, God is always working. He is a God of abundance. He wants to do infinitely more in us and through us than we can even imagine. So imagine what God could do through a group of people who said, listen, God, I'm in. Like, I don't feel qualified, but you can use me to do whatever you want in our community and beyond. Imagine what God could do. And if you're struggling to imagine because maybe your imagination is broken, then imagine this. So I want you to do something with me. I know this is gonna be difficult, but try to imagine a world in crisis. And try to imagine a world where there's political tension, racial turmoil, there's violence, hatred, division everywhere. People are searching for answers, but they can't find answers. I know that's hard to imagine, but that's the world that Jesus stepped into. And he brought answers as he did that. And as he brought answers, he pursued people, he served people, and he taught people. And if you think about how Jesus pursued people, he easily could have set up camp in the temple as God in the flesh and said, everybody in Israel has to come to me. But Jesus didn't do that. Jesus pursued people. He met them where they were. And then as he did that, he served people. So he healed people, he fed people, he elevated the status of people in that culture who had no status. He cared about them and where they were on their journey of life. And as he did that as well, he taught people. He gathered people in small groups and large groups and taught them how to live in a life-changing relationship with him and his heavenly father. Now, imagine our world today. Our world today is in crisis. And, and we understand that. We see political tension. We see racial turmoil. We see violence, hatred, and division everywhere. And we watch people searching for answers and struggling to find answers. And God is asking us to bring them the answers. He's asking us to follow Jesus' example by pursuing people, serving people, and teaching people. And that's what this next season in the life of our church is all about. Priority number one, 
is for us to pursue our community, to let them know that God is for them. And he's asking us to do that in three steps. So step number one, God is asking us to expand our four Flagler serving opportunities. Step number two, God is asking us to mobilize relief teams to meet physical needs of people in our community. Step number three is to expand our Faith for Flagler Schools initiative. Priority number two, God is asking us to serve our community by meeting more physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual needs of people in our community. And we're gonna do that by expanding our care and counseling ministry. We're going to build a care team that can support a public ministry. And we're gonna promote this ministry on a public scale to our community. Priority number three, God is asking us to teach our community how to live in a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ and to secure the necessary funds to build our permanent church home where we can serve our community better. And here's what that's gonna look like. It's gonna look like us leading 1,500 people to Jesus by the time our building is finished. It's gonna look like us helping 1,000 people take a next step towards or with God. And it's gonna involve us securing the necessary funds to build our permanent church home. Here's what some of the next steps are for us. We are currently in the permitting process for phase one of our building. Phase one will include a 31,000 square foot facility. It will include a 650 seat auditorium, amazing space for our children and our student ministry, and ample spot for our care and counseling ministry. Our theme verse for our church for the past 14 years has been Ephesians 3.20 which says, now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we can ask or think. And some versions of the Bible use the word imagine. I love that verse. It's been something that we've prayed over and over again in our church family, and we've seen God do more than we can imagine. Now there's a part of that verse that is super intimidating to me because it's the part where God wants to work through me. And often I don't feel qualified for that, but God wants to use us to accomplish this big vision that he's given us. So our goal for our Imagine Vision is to raise $8.4 million. 3.4 of that will go to operational expenses and help us expand ministry over the next two years. And then five million of that will help us build phase one of our permanent church home. So God is asking us to take big steps of faith with him. And I'm asking you to pray about the part that God wants you to play in fulfilling this big vision that God has given us. We're asking everybody who calls Epic their church home or people who are excited about the vision that God has given us to pray with us and financially help us reach that goal and not just reach our $8.4 million goal, but surpass that goal because we are asking God to do infinitely more than we can ask or think. And I ask you to imagine Imagine your family members who might be struggling with suicide issues getting the help that they need. Imagine your friends who are struggling with broken marriages having those marriages be restored. Imagine people that you know in your neighborhood whose families are broken seeing their families put back together again. Imagine students being guided. Imagine children being loved. Imagine our community being transformed simply because our church cared enough to pursue, serve, and teach people about a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ.
So that's a summary of the big vision that God has given us. And over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about each of those steps in detail. We're going to talk about what it means for us to pursue our community, what it means for us to serve our community, and then what it means for us to teach our community. And over the next few weeks, I'll show you more pictures of our future church home. We'll talk about how that can be used as a tool to serve our community. We'll talk about more of the financial goals that we have, and together we'll start imagining what God can do in our community as we pursue more people in our community and try to reach them for him. Now, here's my prayer for this series. My prayer is that as we walk through this together, we'll be able to say, look at what God did. If we walk through this series and we can say, like, hey, we figured out the strategy, we figured out the math, like, we figured it all out, and we can say, hey, look at what Epic did, we're falling way short of the vision that God has for us. So I'm asking for God to show up and show off. He's a big God. He can do big things, and he wants to do big things in us and through us, and he can radically transform Flagler County and beyond through a small group of people like us that says we're in. We're in with him. So I'm asking uh, for us to be able to say, God, you did more than we can imagine. Now, if you're wondering, like, hey, how can I remember this vision that we have? Um, I want you to look at the stage. You see these three letters here? Uh, P-S-T. I want you to think about when you're trying to get somebody's attention, what, what do you do? Psst. Yeah. Like, psst. I think God is saying to us, psst, trying to get your attention. Imagine what I could do through you. I can't take credit for that because one of our staff members came up with that, and that's why it's on our shirts. So if you would like a, one of our shirts, feel free to buy them. Wear them proudly in our community and, and just ask people, imagine what God can do in us and through us. Now, to help you understand more of our vision, on your way out, someone is going to hand you one of these Imagine folders. And in this folder, it's got all kinds of information. It's got a brochure that will give you a little bit of the history of our church, more of the vision that we have for our church, place to keep notes there. Uh, you've got a prayer guide that'll help you understand how to pray throughout this series. On the back, you've got some key dates that will be important to put on your calendar. You've got an intention card in here that represents what we intend to give towards this vision that God has given us. This is a great spot to keep your spiritual growth challenge. There's a one-page document that we make available each week that dives deeper into what we're talking about on Sunday. So this would be a great folder for keeping all the content that we're going to have in this series. And I invite you, encourage you, challenge you to, to bring it with you every week. We've got more information. We'll be giving you more cards that you'll be getting over the next few weeks. And I encourage you to keep your, your name on that so you can keep track of that as well. If you're watching online, all of our Imagine information can be found at our website, theepicchurch.com. Just look for our Imagine tab. Now, I have six things for us to do as we close today. And I know six sounds a lot, but it'll, it'll uh, make sense as I walk through it. So the first thing is get into a community group if you're not in one. So we believe we grow best spiritually when we're in a small group with other people. Like we grow best in the context of relationships where we're looking at other people and other people are looking at us instead of sitting in rows. So if you're not in a community group, we have men's groups, women's groups, couples groups, young adult groups, I encourage you to stop by our group's table before you leave today and sign up for one of our groups. 
Second thing I encourage you to do is take our swag bag with you. So we've got hundreds of these Imagine swag bags out in our lobby. If you haven't gotten one, there's one right here in the front row. If you haven't gotten one, I encourage you to grab it. We've got some great things in there. We've got like water bottles. We've got like a Frisbee here that you can play with your dog. It's, it's kind of small. And then we have this really cool thing. This is one of those cooling towels that you could use today on your way to your car. So it's hot out there, and on your way to your car, you could wipe your brow, wipe the sweat off, and use this. So what I encourage you to do with this is let it remind you to pray. Every time you see one of these imagine things, I encourage you to let it remind you to pray that God would do infinitely more than we can ask, think, or imagine. Third thing I encourage you to do, Sign up for our weekly devotionals. So we have a devotional throughout this series that will go out on Wednesdays. And if you want to be a part of that and get that content, just text your name and email to 386-243-0113, or you can stop at our Connection Center before you leave, and you can sign up for that. Fourth thing I encourage you to do is attend our last vision meeting. So over the past two months, we have had 14 vision meetings, and we have invited as many people that we are connected with as in our church family as possible. And we have had hundreds of our church family go through that in smaller contexts. We're gonna do one more of those vision meetings. It's next Sunday night at 6 p.m. If you haven't been a part of it, and if you want to, just show up here at six o'clock at night and we're gonna have that here. And if you're watching online, you can just go to our website, theepicchurch.com, and where we live stream our services, we'll live stream that vision night at 6 p.m. So you can be a part of that as well. Next thing I encourage you to do is start asking God what part he wants you to play in this vision. God wants to use all of us to accomplish this. And then the last thing I encourage you to do is to join us next week on campus or online for part two as we learn together what it means for us to pursue our community for Christ. Now, in just a minute, our worship team is going to come out and they're going to close us in that song that we started our service with today called Imagine. And it's a song that Matt, our worship leader, wrote for this series. So it's kind of new to us, but over the next few weeks, it's not going to be new to us. And it captures the vision that God has given us. And so um, in just a minute, we're going to sing that together again. And I encourage you to just spend some time learning this song and letting it remind you that God wants us to pursue, serve, and teach our community. So if you would, stand with me. I'm going to pray, and then we'll be finished for today. So God, thank you for verses like Ephesians 3.20. Thank you that we can give all praise to you who is able through your mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we can ask, think, or imagine. God, you can do anything. Sometimes we forget that. Or sometimes we forget how big you are and how powerful you, you are. Sometimes we forget that you can work in our world. Sometimes we forget you can work in our community. Sometimes we forget that you can work in our lives. So Lord, remind us of that. Lord, some of us are intimidated to be used by you. We don't feel like we're qualified. So Lord, thank you for reminding us that you've used all kinds of people throughout history to do amazing things in the world. And you wanna do it again. You wanna do it through us. And so Lord, may we take your invitation to join you in your work. And we ask, God, that you would do infinitely more than we can ask, more than we can think, and more than we can even imagine. We're excited to see what you're gonna do in us and through us over the next few months and the next few years. In Jesus' name, amen.